Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Mo Better Business. Mob, I'm excited today to talk with my co-host to here on the metaverse. How's everybody doing? Today, we're going to look at Facebook's announcement on the metaverse. This is Facebook's big kind of reveal for kind of where they're taking the rest of their company. The focus around AR and VR, the digital world, kind of the combination of that. So I'm going to set the table on what the metaverse is and what what already exists in that if you think of the metaverse it's kind of the attempts to create like a virtual world this applies to kind of virtual workspaces gaming you know we've already seen companies like fortnite they have already like kind of made entrees into this roblox yeah roblox there's other companies who've been pioneers in the space obviously facebook's being the biggest company to kind of enter that space so before we get any further what was your initial reaction to here when you kind of heard about this whole world the metaverse and, and meta yeah meta <laughs> <laughs> well, a few things i'm mean, a couple things first you know obviously it's diverting attention away from the the issues the ongoing issues at facebook around you know um user data and uh their what could be considered unscrupulous business methods and yeah. advertising methods and all that stuff but there's that but I, obviously this is something that Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg have been planning or have had in the works for some time it's uh yeah a blue ocean so to speak so from a business perspective it's a way to capitalize on you know unrealized opportunities in worlds that don't exist yet. Yeah. I also thought that Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, and probably most of the people running these companies that, well, I, I shouldn't make that much of a generalization, but I can tell you that based on how Facebook operates and has operated in the past, I wouldn't want Facebook to be the arbiter and the, the architect of what Web3 or what the metaverse looks like, right? If there's a a potential to create an alternative universe. And there is obviously people are already engaging in this stuff to a large degree. Then I don't, I wouldn't choose Mark Zuckerberg or Facebook to be the arbiters of what that looks like. So yeah. kind of really big brotherish, very Orwellian, but at the same time, it's already moving. It's happening. People are very invested in alternative realities, platforms, how you look on social media is already, you know, uh, front and center in a lot of people's lives. So yeah, it's already here. It's happening. And I just think it's a function of how ruthless, nefarious, greedy are the people who are the architects of what the metaverse is and could be. I think, yeah, I think there's a few things you said there that I find kind of interesting to me. So I, I look at right. So there's there's so many terms in this in this space that there's a new term right every every day that gets kind of you have to kind of learn up on. There's I look at Web three. That's one thing. That's like the decentralized internet. The idea you own your own data. The idea that these companies don't necessarily these platforms don't have as much power as they do right now. Then there's stuff like crypto, which are like the actual tokens and things like Bitcoin and Ethereum. That's basically how do you incentivize Web3? How do you incentivize a decentralized internet? And then the metaverse is this kind of new concept whereby it's about how do you blend, you know, virtual reality with, with actual reality? And I guess one of the things I would, I'd be interested in you, hearing your thoughts, because we've seen previous attempts at, at AR or VR where 
kind of the air of Silicon Valley is that this is inevitable, right? And it's kind of like you're either going to get on board or you're going to be left in the, you know, the Stone Age. But it hasn't caught on to the level that they necessarily thought it would, right? Oculus, you know, the engineering world. And I know very few people who have an actual Oculus. <laughs> right. I think Microsoft came out with one. There was a huge, another startup that raised hundreds of millions of dollars, never really made it to market. So from your perspective, do you see it as kind of, you know, we may both agree it's inevitable. Do you think this is the time when it's going to happen where just like in 2000, uh, whatever it was when the first iPhone came out, you know, that was the device where you got everybody onto smartphones. Do you think this is the experience where now everybody is doing some type of AR, some type of virtual character? I think there's the opportunity for enough people to engage in it for it to maybe kind of reach some sort of critical mass. But in reality, the tech is still contingent on so many things that we take for granted in the Western world, right? Like the fact that the electrical grid is stable enough. Yeah to deliver electricity and power, which is obviously requisite for any of this stuff to be viable, right? So so there's that. There's the fact that these devices are high dollar value items in most of the world, right? So I'm not necessarily sure from that perspective. I think VR, I don't necessarily know that gaming applications are the most exciting or compelling. And I think the folks who have kind of driven what that movement looks like, at least in terms of go-to-market applications that we are aware of today, right? Or that are prevalent today, it was limited to, you know, you put on a headset, which, you know, screams of geekdom on a level that, you know, not too many people are throwing on a headset to be a part of another world for any extended period of time. I think the challenge with VR, with that application and that the application as it exists, right? Like Oculus or whatever is that until you have the other sensory stuff happening in conjunction with it. And like, until you can feel and when you can start to feel things in the metaverse and you can start to taste things in the metaverse and the experience really becomes more submersive or immersive, right? I think that's when there's really no going back because then you have like the matrix situation with the with the two pills, right? Like, do you want to be engaged in real life and know what's happening? Or do you want to live your entire life in the metaverse? And to be frank, we know we already know what the answer to that question is going to be. There's going to be a significant number of people who choose to engage in the pretend world because that's what they're doing right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, frankly, if you take somebody's phone who's under, you know, 35 years old, you take their phone from them. They all like 90% of people walking around, at least Western wealthy, the Western wealthy world where people can afford, you know, where everybody has a phone. They don't know how to function without it. Right. Like even this earpiece I got, like this AirPod. Right. My understanding is that Apple intended for the default to be the device in your ear, not out. Right. So you're you're always rolling around with this thing in your ear. That is one step away, you know from an implant. You know what I mean? And I, you know, I'm not a tin foil hat person to a large degree anyway, but the reality is there. And look at people's behavior right now. They're way more engaged in a form of metaverse, right? What their profile looks like, how much feedback they get from, you know, a post they make on social media, right? Like it's already happening. And I think it's 
there's a obviously a natural human tendency to desire that. I think people are, you know, escapism is the desire for it is only going to grow as uh, as the world gets more dystopian, which appears to also be inevitable. I sound really doom and gloom today. But the reality is, I think people already exhibit the behavior that would indicate that a metaverse that is immersive to the point where your senses are engaged and maybe you don't necessarily know the difference between what reality is and isn't. I mean, the metaverse is the opportunity or actually is another reality. It's an alternative reality. And I think there are tons of people who would choose to engage in the alternative, right? Yeah, I think one of the things I think that's going to be interesting to watch for the metaverse, like whether it becomes something that everybody's on or whether it's kind of niche to me is like, if you look at like a platform like Discord, right, which is kind of the gamers Slack, they're definitely eating more and more of the market of like crypto and Web3. Like there's no, there are Slacks, but it's like everything's on Discord, you know, and it tends obviously to kind of cater to gamers, younger people. But I don't think Discord is at a level where if you talk to any Gen Z or Zoomer, that all of them are on it. I think it's still... What I think is kind of happening is like there's this kind of fractioning, whereas like maybe our generation, like everybody we know is on Facebook and Instagram. I think people who are a little bit younger have a little bit more of like you're in this niche, you go on Discord, you're in this niche, you're still on Snapchat, you do another social media application. There's kind of more than niching. And I don't think the tech companies can necessarily say like they did with us, where it's like, you have to be on MySpace, you have to be on Facebook, you have to be on Instagram. I don't think they have quite that power anymore where they are just like hit makers who can push people onto a platform and you feel that you have to be on it because of like, if I'm not on this, I'm missing out. It's like more, you're on your niche and you kind of do your thing. And I think that they're going to struggle with it. And I think Facebook isn't really like Facebook's not a hit maker anymore. Like they tried to do Facebook dating. I don't know a single person who I'm kind of on that. I think. Yeah. To kind of what you were saying before, it's like this kind of dystopian feel is like it's almost pushing people away from Facebook and companies that kind of give off that vibe of like, we own all your data, we are inevitable. There's kind of this natural pushback where people are like, you know what, even if I'm a little bit out of the loop, I'd rather that than kind of deal with another product from Facebook that inevitably will be kind of nefarious, uh, have issues. And like one of the things that stood out to me talking about kind of nefarious, you know, maybe that's a little bit harsh, but like the person that they put in charge of this speaks to me that they haven't learned anything from the past five years, right? So they basically, I think it's one of Mark Zuckerberg's ex-teachers, essentially from Stanford. From Harvard, yeah. Who's been with the company for a long time. Bosworth. Yeah was kind of crucial for setting up their their newsfeed, the AI of the newsfeed, which is like kind of a, kind of a pivotal marking point in AI. I don't think anyone had really done that before. He created kind of figuring out how to kind of make news trend through social media. So obviously he's been a long time like Mark Zuckerberg executive, but it to me it sends the exact wrong kind of signal, right? If like the past five years, people are saying like, you should have more AI ethicists, people who kind of put some code of morality into what you're doing with AI. And then you just go and at your biggest project, you just put the person who kind of started this snowball effect of, of problems at the company. To me, it, it totally misfires on kind of listening to what people think. I don't know. What, what is your take when you kind of saw that of who's, who's in charge? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think there's a tone deafness 
Uh, the tone deafness is startling and like what appears to be the repetition of the same, what we would consider to be errors. Now, on the flip side, I don't think Zuckerberg is even playing the same game in, as most human beings. And I don't think many of the folks are folks who are of his ilk, and meaning billionaires who have pretty much exclusive control over one of the most powerful and influential companies of, of all mankind, right? In human history, he's not playing the same game as everybody else is. And I don't necessarily know that he would assess the success or failure of any of these initiatives in the same way that anybody else is, right? So the fact that he is able to put out Meta and literally create his own universe, which as the lead shareholder in this organization, you know, he is the emperor of a vast universe. I mean, that's really, that's like some, you know, evil empire Star Wars shit. But I mean, it's, there's a different paradigm, you know, we're playing in. And I think what it allows, you know, looking at Zuckerberg, I, I would not want him to be the driver of what Again, the meta, the metaverse could be or what these technologies could yield, right? Yeah, the next version of the internet, like, no, bro, Web3 is, is playing a role in that. Yeah. I think he's actually of the, you know, we're talking about kind of these billionaires. I think he's the person I'd want least, right? I think at least the other ones, you look at Jack Dorsey, you look at kind of the Elons of the world, you look at Tim Cook, they at least kind of on the surface, whether they believe it or not, they kind of espouse this like, yeah. we're doing it for help people. Whereas I think Zuckerberg just comes off so detached. It's so disingenuous, man. Like, I, I would say Teal is is not. He might even be worse. Like I don't know. At least at least it's probably a whole other conversation about the folks who are the would be arbiters of this. But the one thing that the metaverse does offer is the opportunity for folks to like we're always talking about ownership to take ownership of your space in this alternative universe and benefit from what could be an infinitely profitable endeavor. I mean, the sky's the limit. And I think part of the challenge with tech, like I live in Silicon Valley, right? So I'm kind of immersed in the thing out here and work in tech. You know, my clients are in tech. And part of the issue is that there's all this influence and power yielded by people whose frame of reference is often very, very limited. You know, we've talked about before how, you know, the people who run these companies that are venture backed tend to be from certain schools and, you know, they are, they're looking for and lifting up folks who think the way they do in, in a lot of cases. And, you know, not all these people are the freshest, most engaging people. And I think, I think part of what's missed is the message, the messaging, right? Helping people understand how this could be valuable and important in a way other than, you know, basically like elaborate masturbation, essentially. You know what I mean? Like there's got to be more to this to make it, make it significant than Mark Zuckerberg being the connector of people in this universe that he is the overlord of, right? I think context and how this is going to potentially help people or how this is even fun for people who who don't necessarily want to live life, any part of life with the headset on, who would rather be engaged in, you know, what we perceive as real life, right? Who would rather be out in nature, actually in nature than, than have a headset on. And I think there's that whole thing, right? Still. 
I think the, to me, like, when I look at the metaverse stuff of, like, for people who are like, I don't play Fortnite every night, I don't, I'm not in the gaming world, right, so they may not be exposed to it. I think in, of the, kind of, if we take those three topics, crypto, Web3, and metaverse, I'd say the metaverse is by far the riskiest and, and least likely to come into fruition, in my opinion, right? I think crypto, we're already seeing it being proved. Web3 is basically in conjunction with crypto and the metaverse is almost like a, another step further, mm-hmm. right? The sign to me, whether the metaverse is going to actually be something where like, do I have to get on this like an Instagram is whether things like one discord becomes if every kid that you know, or kid person under 30, all of a sudden is like, Oh, I'm on discord, right? The signs are coming that kind of gaming is taking over the other means of like communication. If you start to see at your work, it suddenly changes from Slack to something where it's like a virtual world workplace environment, right? The signs of the metaverse are coming, right? I look at the metaverse stuff right now as kind of largely for people who are either deep into gaming or kind of people who are speculative like traders, right? Because there's the underlying financing of metaverse is basically crypto. It's there's tokens for different games, there's tokens for different protocols, and those tokens are now spiking because obviously people are noticing Facebook's about to make, you know, a multi-billion dollar investment into the space. The gaming tokens associated with it are going to spike. So the people who are pushing this right now obviously have a very financial incentive to tell you that the metaverse is going to be everything when that may not be the case as we've said before facebook has struck out quite a few times since their last like hit product and on top of that facebook has vr and ar has failed many times i mean i remember growing up yeah and going to a theme park and them telling us that you know the moving chair and the, and the water spraying on you and the headset was going to be your future 30 years later no one goes to theme parks and those headsets don't mean anything that's right right so I caution against, I think, one of tech's the best moves that people in tech do is they convince you that something is inevitable. Mm-hmm. You know, And when somebody says something's inevitable, they are selling you something, right? Right. Anytime someone says something's inevitable, you are being sold. Mm-hmm. It's a way of kind of control. So I'm a little bit hesitant about the metaverse. I think crypto is a far more kind of safer space, but there are going to be signs of whether I'm completely wrong. If what I said before and other signs start happening, you don't want to be the person who's you know trying to figure out how to create a Facebook profile, figure out what MySpace is, the last person on the platform, right? But I don't think it's something you have to do. No, I don't see the whole avatar living in a pretend world, having deeper applications than the extent to which it already exists in the gaming world. Like I play NBA 2K, a habit I picked up over the pandemic. Yeah. And, you know, you can get in there and have your own player and have a career and all this stuff happens and you can spend money in there, real money, which becomes virtual money. Yeah that you can buy things, right? And you become invested in this. I think that there will always be a certain number of people who, as you enhance that experience, and again, make it more immersive. I mean, think about what the experience of playing a video game is going to be like in 10 years in the context of how much technological advancement there's been in the previous 10 years. Yeah, I mean, that's insane. And I also think that there's a potential that there are those who run in these same billionaire circles who believe that, you know, population reduction of up to 90% is a necessity, right? But I mean, the reality is if there's a way to placate, you know, uh, people 
and to I think what we're looking at could be a precursor for how well and to what degree people are willing to adopt, you know, having an existence that is, you know, outside the uh, outside being you know, maybe fully fully outside of you know what we how we understand it today. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I, I don't. Again, I think the gaming is a huge, huge business, right? It's a huge industry. So it's clear that there's a desire for this and it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. And I think the more people become accustomed, like, right, like people who are very young people right now, kids, like who knows what their experience is going to be. I look at the tech on my phone in the last 10 years. I was talking to this kid who I used to work in an office with kind of before the pandemic. He he was like an assistant to a, a client that I worked with. You know, he was maybe 24, 25, working at a startup. And he would bring his Nintendo Switch to work and, you know, he would play the video games in between meetings. And to him, it was completely normal where, you know, he said, like, look, I got to take a break for my video games, right? For someone of my generation, that is a bit absurd, right? Like, I'm never, right. I would never even think to bring video games to the office, right? But right, right. to him, it was such second nature that it was like, well, of course I need to play my video games at work. What are you talking about? Right. So am I judging it a little bit? But does it matter what I think when these kids are, are kind of going to be the ones who define the culture? Not really. So I'm hedging my bet. But I think for the average person who's in tech or tech adjacent, I still think the metaverse is extremely early. And I don't think I think the smarter move is like, right, things are moving so fast now. Right. We 18 months ago, crypto was something that, you know, engineers and, and guys with pink hair knew about. Right. That's really who the whole space was. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, oh, you don't have crypto. Like that's how quickly it's moved. Right. Right. That's right. And Web3 is now like, oh, of course, Web3, that's the new internet. And the metaverse, three weeks ago, the metaverse came out and all of a sudden, you know, there are people who are minting themselves as millionaires. NFTs 12 months ago were a scam. Now we are having people who have art collections filled with NFTs, right? So the world is moving increasingly faster. So I say this so that it doesn't get clipped up in the future where I'm looked at as like, how did you not see the metaverse? (laughs) Right. But I am still there. It's in. And I think people need to, rather than being told inevitable, you need to get online, plug in, they need to think of and look at, are there warning, real warning signs, metrics, indicators that, look, I am going to be left behind, or let me focus on one piece of this whole new world and get good and understand that versus trying to just like hop on each bandwagon and being a user that they want you to be, right? Play this game sign up for Discord, do this, right? It's like, I think there's a more thoughtful way of of kind of navigating this new Web3 metaverse, new internet. So any other parting thoughts that you have on, on kind of metaverse, Facebook, and our dystopian future? <laughs> <laughs> you know, not that we haven't talked about, but I, I feel like I think what the metaverse hints at now, I do agree with you that it's early, but I think what it hints at is... Like it's a matrix people in pods with the things stuck in the back of their head who, you know, are act as batteries, <laughs> right? To, to fuel the, like it could, it could be that or it could be, it could be something that really expands human capability in a way, right? So I just think that ultimately I, the people who run these companies, specifically the companies that play in this space, I don't necessarily know that I would want them to be the architects of what the new universe looks like. 
And I think that we should all have at least some interest and some concern and want to understand how we can empower ourselves and our communities, right? Like there is that opportunity as well, right? It's a new frontier in that way. But I just think it's very important for us to, like you said, there's no bandwagons to be jumped on here, but I do think we need to understand what role we can play in all this and understand that, like, I do not want Mark Zuckerberg to be God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the metaverse. And he's positioned himself as God of the metaverse. And I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to disrespect any anyone's religion, but in reality, that's what the guy's proposing for you. Yep. No, it is. It is some worrying trends to look at. Yep. Agreed. And with that, thank you again. Uh, another episode of Mob. Uh, we'll be back next week taking a look at some of the other things in crypto, Web3, and the world of ownership. Take care. Thanks. Thanks.